Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. We are back again today, and I'm here with my guests. Why don't you introduce us and tell us what high-demand religion or cult you left behind? Yeah, so my name is uh, Trevor Pullman. I left behind, so I grew up. So before I was six, I was in this denomination called, or until I was six, it called Christian Reformed Church, which is like Dutch Calvinist. And then my family left to go more evangelical, straight up, you know, white bread evangelical. And then I went to Bible college and I was a youth pastor in the Lutheran church for a while. And I also dipped my toes a little bit into like charismatic stuff. So speaking in tongues and getting slain in the spirit and trying to get miracles to happen, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of, I have a weird background with a lot of different stuff. So it sounds like a Lutheran Pentecostal kind of mix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was in it. And when I was 18 or 17, 18, my family decided to move across the country to Alberta. I grew up in Ontario and they moved to Alberta and joined this like little charismatic cult <laughs> so we did that for a year and that was like a cult of personality they worshiped the leader and it was yeah that was a crazy time and then my parents were like oh shit we joined a cult and they moved back <laughs> so. <laughs> but, yeah. so yeah you really have been all over the place yeah <laughs> oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. and now what made you want to leave evangelicalism it was a long process for me. It was like, let's see. So I was in Bible college and I started, first of all, I started doubting the supernatural side of it. And I started tearing away the, those aspects of my faith and stopped believing that, you know, miracles happen today because everything I looked into showed that they didn't. But I was still, you know, I was still a believer. And then I also started realizing that, I don't agree with the way a lot of churches treat gay people or trans people and stuff like that. So I became more liberal and I, so I ripped that part of it away. So it was like a slow process. And then over time I was like, I don't believe in any of it. <laughs> I was actually, I had a conversation with a family member and they were upset about something to do with gay rights. And I said that I don't believe being gay is a sin. And they said to me, if you're going to, get rid of one part of the Bible. Why don't you just get rid of the whole Bible trying to convince me to, to be more bigoted, I guess. And that kind of clicked. And then within a week I was like, I'm a, I'm an atheist. <laughs> so it was, yeah. But overall it was a long process, probably like a 10 year process of slowly deconstructing my faith. Sounds about right. <laughs> And now, what are some of the specific ways you feel like religion harmed you? Oh, man, there's so many. It's, um, there's specific things like, I talked about this, I do like video essays and stuff on YouTube. And I talked about how if somebody asked me for a favor, I, I have this visceral reaction where I think I'm being told to do something or the opposite. So I'll be like, no, I can't. Or the opposite is I'll jump in because it's, I have to do this. Somebody asked me to do this favor because it's when you grew up in an evangelical church and someone's like, hey, can you do this? It's, yep, I'll do that. It's this whole volunteer, everything runs by volunteer kind of thing. There's also some traumatic stuff like people 
treated me around the death of my mom, things like that, where it was they just didn't know how to handle me and handle grief and things like that. So that was pretty rough. Yeah, there's things I'll miss about religion, like the community and and things like that. But overall, it just felt like it was more harm than good. (laughs) Yeah. I can relate to evangelicals dealing with grief poorly. What are some of the things, if you don't mind the question, what are some of the things people would say to you surrounding your mom's death? Mm. Yeah, let's see. I should have had some examples before I said that. I guess just like the timing of when, you know, you should be over it. Like, oh, come on, that was three years ago. Or, you know, she's in a better place now, so don't worry about it kind of thing where it's, I didn't know where she was. I didn't have that confidence that they had. And I'm dealing with it my way. And I, you know, and it's not just about, oh, she's in a better place. It's about, I don't have her in my life anymore. and, And that sucks. So it was... Yeah. And then even after I left the faith, like my dad died after I left the faith. And some of the (laughs) reactions to that literally told my sibling at my brother's funeral that he's going to, that they're going to hell because they don't believe in God, like at (laughs) the funeral. So yeah, they don't always have the best tact. So yeah, there's no hate like Christian love. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Very true. I can feel for you because my dad passed away. It'll be five years ago in April. And the very day he passed away, my mom's Mormon bishop came over. And my mom said something about how seven and a half years wasn't long enough. And we w- she wished we had had more time. And her Mormon bishop said seven and a half years is longer than some people get. On the day my dad passed away. <sighs> Uh, what yeah what's the logic there how is that gonna oh yeah that blows my mind (laughs) yeah i think he was like trying to do like a silver lining in the clouds kind of thing yeah but no just no so i yeah i told when you say they handled it terribly i can only imagine and i don't doubt that yeah and when my friend's dad died a guy at our church went up to him and said at least it's not your mom it's always harder when your mom dies (laughs) (laughs) what is that supposed to do (laughs) so yeah they yeah (laughs) that's just insane and now do you feel like purity culture harmed you Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I, I do focus a lot on purity culture within when I do my videos and stuff. But yeah, purity culture was, well, it's weird because I'm asexual. So it's there definitely was trauma around it. But also, they were like, don't have sex till marriage. And I was like, deal, no problem. And then my friends are having sex before marriage. I'm like, but we're not supposed to do that. They said in the thing, we're not supposed to do that. But it's it definitely, yeah, purity culture is so awful. It, the way it affects your relationships, the way it affects just how you view each other. It's, it's so dangerous. I remember I was in a play and those youth group, I don't know if you guys did youth group musicals, but we used to do these youth group musicals. And my friend was pregnant. And two days before the play was supposed to go off, 
they recast her because she was pregnant and one person in the church complained about it, that you can't have a, a pregnant person in a, like on stage at a church, like a pregnant person out of wedlock on stage at a church. So even though it was supposed to be a musical about like the real high school experience and it was, yeah, you know, there are pregnant people in some high schools. It happens. So, <laughs> yeah. And so now does all your family still go or are you the only one that doesn't go? How does that look for you? Yeah, it's a weird mixture. And so my one sibling left the faith before I did. And I joked when I decided that I was going to leave. I told them first and I said, I'm so sorry. They're going to blame you for this one. <laughs> but my other siblings, like some of them don't necessarily go to church or go to church sometimes, but they still believe and they still kind of, or at least part of them believe. And then I have one sibling who's like, still like 100% in. So it's not like I have a family full of fundamentalists or anything like that, but there's definitely still a couple that are all in. More extended family are disappointed in in me and what I do. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And then do your parents still go as well? Well, my my parents are both passed away, but my stepmom is still very into it. And she's she goes more online church right now because of COVID, but there every week and in the comments and <laughs> and all that stuff. So yeah. Sorry, I not I knew that. I just wasn't <laughs> oh. thinking. I'm sorry. No problem at all. Yeah. But yeah, because my dad remarried after my mom passed away, and I'm still very close with my stepmom. So yeah. It's all good. <laughs> so were they going when they passed away? That's probably how yeah. I meant it to come out. Oh yeah, they were very all in. So yeah, they had an unshakable faith. They're like the most dedicated <laughs> people on earth. My dad wasn't a big reader, but for most of his life, but then in the eighties, he just started reading any Christian book he could get his hand on hands on. And he was just like, yeah, obsessed with Kenneth Copeland. And I don't know if you know any of these names like Joseph Prince and just a bunch of different, yeah, Christian, uh, Christian charismatic writers and personalities. <laughs> and so he was always into that stuff. My mom was a little bit more like less on the charismatic side and more on the straight up evangelical side, but still like she was involved in the church very heavily. She ran this thing called ladies night out at our church, which was like a monthly or no, a, a, like a twice a year thing where they'd come in and bring in a special speaker and things like that and so she was very very much involved so now both of your parents are gone how has it been dealing with that for you where you have moved away from religion that you're now atheist yeah it's weird because yeah that means that like i dealt with both my parents deaths in very very different ways so like when my mom died i was still very much a believer and still very hopeful that I'd see her again and all that stuff. When my dad passed away, I had already left the faith and made peace with that. So it, it's very different because you actually get to say goodbye when you don't believe. <laughs> you actually know that this is an actual goodbye. And there is some closure to that. And there's some something meaningful about that, I think. So it's it was a very different process. But now I just kind of know that they live on and and the little differences they made and the little like tiny changes <laughs> they made kind of thing. So, yeah. And now what would you say to people who say, 
oh, you can't be a good person without religion or atheists have no morals or all those kinds of sayings. Those things drive me crazy because it's your book tells you can do awful things. So it's definitely not the, the rule book I want to follow. And I feel like we can do good things no matter what you believe, despite what you believe <laughs> or without a belief. So I think anybody can be a good person. And I don't think it has anything to do with what religion or lack thereof you have. But I also think that sometimes a religion can make you do some pretty awful things. So I usually just put it back in their face. It depends how they say it. I was on another podcast that was like a call in show. And that that was a nightmare. <laughs> like It was fun. But it's like dealing with people trying to apologists trying to prove God. And one of them was a moral argument where basically, you can just if you don't have God, then you can just make up whatever you want as morals and anything can be okay. And uh, so murder can be okay. And it's like, no, because it affects other people. <laughs> so my morals are based on does it hurt other people? Does it hurt me? Then I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, and uh, also, I just like I said earlier about leaving this world a better place. That's really our legacy. So, if you can do kind things to people and be a kind person, then that's what we got. We don't have that hope of living in a castle in the sky. So, the only thing we can do is just make this place better. So. Oh, for sure. And now you have your own podcast. What made you want to start your own ex-evangelical podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, that started with, so I was doing a comedy podcast and I realized that I wanted to do something more like themed as opposed to two bros just sitting down and talking. And it's still two bros just sitting down and talking, but now we talk about religion. It was something where I went to school for religious studies and I grew up in religion and has still like was still fascinated by the, the idea of religion and what it makes people do. So I was like, well, why don't we just talk about that for half an hour every couple of weeks? So me and my buddy just sit down and I do some terrible research on a topic and then we we talk about a specific cult or we talk about a specific religion or a specific like list of people who said they were Jesus Christ and things like that. So it was more of a, this is something I like talking about. So why don't we record uh, ourselves talking about it? <laughs> and now what are three tips you have for people looking to leave a high demand religion or cult? Mm, I have a safety net. Try to ha have something that will catch you on the other side. Like, and online communities, online communities are great. Just something so you have that support system afterwards, somebody you can talk to. If you're financially dependent on people in that cult, maybe wait a little bit till you have the ability to leave without being left out on the streets. Be strategic in how you do it. But in the end, you can't force yourself to believe something. So sometimes you just got to pull that bandaid. <laughs> so, yeah. And now you said it was a long process from when you started deconstructing. So in between when you stopped going and deciding that there was no God and you're atheist, did you try other less fundamentalist religions or did you just stop going period and then you didn't really try any others? 
Yeah, it, well, it, yeah, because it was a long process, like I went to this community church that some friends were going to because I thought maybe that'd be like a little less um, insane. And, and I just felt the same stuff all over again. And it was like, there's, yeah, it's, this isn't working for me either. Some great people go here and I made some friends, but I was like, no, just, you know, everything about it. It's just, it doesn't feel right. So when I finally left, I I still called myself a Christian for a while, even though I didn't go to church and I wasn't active in any sort of Christian community. And then I called myself agnostic for a very short period of time. But yeah, once I left, there was, it was like, well, I'm not going to buy into something else that I have to leave eventually. <laughs> so it was like, I'm done and I'm I'm done with all of it. So yeah. And now as we're getting ready to wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add for today? Yeah, just always question things. Don't be afraid of questions. I think that's the biggest thing. And yeah, I think we were talking about pre-show. You don't have to have a big traumatic thing as a reason to leave. Sometimes if you just if you're not buying into it, it's okay to walk away. So yeah. Oh, definitely. I said, as I told you pre-show, any reason for leaving is valid. So I definitely agree. Yeah. And uh, oh, and also, you can just have a cat if you want for your mental health. Just adopt a cat because they're the best things in the world. So that's what I add to. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and have a great day. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com. <laughs>